Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you everyone for being with us tonight. So glad you are with us. Uh, both here and in person, and those of you who are with us online, delighted that you're with us. Why don't you hit, if you're listening online, an emoji even now, and uh, let us know that you are with us. So tonight, challenge number three in our series, Take Up the Challenge. And uh, we want you to uh, take up the challenge that we're presenting And before we dive in there, we're just going to share a couple of announcements with you. First one, water baptism. Uh, November is water baptismal month uh, here at the neighborhood. If you are a follower of Christ and have not been baptized in water yet, we'd love to baptize you. Uh, One of the weekends in November, we're keeping the crowd small. because uh, water baptisms tend to bring family and guests and we want to make sure they have room, we have room for them. So we'll do a few every weekend, we hope, uh, here Saturday, Sunday morning as well, and as well in Martinsville. So baptismal month. And then uh, we are in the middle of a clothing drive, and winter clothing drive, winter clothes only. I want to just uh, help the... Uh, massive number of people who live on the other side of Pine House, many of them fairly recent residents of Canada, uh, just help them be ready for uh, winter a little bit better. So if you've got 23 winter jackets at home, why don't you bring a couple of them in and, uh, and bless those people uh, in a very special way. Muscle, spiritual muscle. This series that we're presenting these five weeks, this is the third week, I've been trying to warn you and promise you that it will cause some pain. When we try to develop muscle that hasn't been used for a long time, uh, it can be a painful experience. They say that uh, when you turn 35, you start to lose half a pound of muscle per year. And if you don't get proactive on that, you get to a certain point where you have lost an awful lot of physical muscle. It seems to me when we come to Christ and we decide to follow him uh, in our early months and years, we are excited about following him, we work hard, we get into the word, we pray, uh, we're doing all the right things, and then it's easy to kind of forget to use the spiritual muscles God has given us. And instead of being as strong as we should be, we get weaker and weaker. So at a 50-50, uh, or plus 50 meeting, 50 plus meeting, now I've got the right name of uh, the more senior part of our church family, we had a fitness person come in once, and she said that the most important thing for us to be able to do as we get older is this, 
So I went out to try to do this, and I could do it for about three seconds, and my legs started to shake, and I had to, now I can do it for a minute or two minutes. Uh, being able to keep your balance really matters as you get older. My dad was told that uh, one of the reasons his uh, bottom of his legs are swelling up is because his thighs have got weaker, and strong thighs keeps everything circulating in your legs. So you have to look after your muscles. We're challenging you to look after some of your spiritual muscles in this series. And the first muscle we asked you to work on was rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Sometimes things happen in our lives. And we forget to hit the rejoice button. We hit the grumble button. And when we hit the grumble button, button, that muscle gets weaker and weaker with time. No matter what visits us in life, the response of the Christian is to be rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then last weekend, we caused a bit more pain for you. And we challenged you with the idea that we are to... Let our gentle graciousness be known to all men. We are supposed to be famous as Christians. We're supposed to have a reputation in our communities for being people who, are, who express gentle graciousness. Should be our reputation. People should say, you should go to that church. Those people are so gentle and so gracious. That should be the reputation of believers in their cities and in their communities. So we've got to practice this muscle that calls us to gentle graciousness. If you're like me, that's not always my first response in every situation. We have to ask God to uh, work on the muscle of gentle graciousness. So we host a neighborhood group for a group of teenagers in our home every Thursday evening. And good work, Pastor Ethan, your leadership in getting our, our teenagers in groups and discussing the word. And they're discussing the sermons just like we're asking adults to discuss the sermon. I kind of ignore them, let them do their thing in the basement and then when it was all over, about 8.30 Thursday evening, I, I, and I didn't see what happened, but I think I know what happened. One of the guys came up to the one of the other guys and gave him a good, how you doing? And his response to him was, gentle grace guy. Gentle grace. They're hearing what the word of God's saying. Work on your muscle of Gentle graciousness. Proverbs 15 and verse 1, uh, New American Standard Version, has uh, this to say to us. A gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. Control the temperature in your room, in the environment you're in. Control the temperature in the rooms you are in. Learn the power of the gentle answer. We practice gentle graciousness.
And then tonight, I'm going to present you with a third challenge. And this one may hurt more than the first two. So maybe we should pray before I go any further. Now, Father, we know you always, always act in our best interests. And you don't take us through anything that's not good for us. And you don't ask us to do anything in your word that is not for our benefit. So help us to receive what your word says to us tonight. Help us to embrace us, embrace it. And help us, Lord, to be willing to work on developing, re-strengthening uh, this spiritual muscle in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready for challenge three? And the rest of you. <laughs> challenge number three, Philippians chapter four. And the first four words of verse number six. Philippians four, verse six. Be anxious for nothing. New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. The Passion Translation, like this one. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Amplified Classic. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Third challenge, third spiritual muscle to begin to rebuild into our lives. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't fret. Are you feeling the pain yet? And it gets worse. The high expectations, the high standards of Scripture sometimes seem unrealistic to us, but this is what God says to us, and, and it's been consistent in these three challenges. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going really, really good. And, uh, no, rejoice in the Lord Always, no matter what's happening in your life, we rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then who do we show gentle graciousness to? Good-looking people? People we think are smart? People we wouldn't mind marrying? No, we show gentle graciousness to all men. There's not a lot of wiggle room in Scripture here. And then we get to this one, and it says, Be anxious for nothing. Never, ever, ever worry. And yet, 
most of us think this is what God really meant. Be anxious for nothing except during exam season. Be anxious for nothing except when the deadlines are really pressing in at work. Be anxious for nothing except I'm really concerned about my husband's behavior. Be anxious for nothing except the fact that I haven't been feeling very good lately. That's not the standard of Scripture. The muscle we need to develop is a muscle that brings us to the place where we are anxious for nothing. Oh yeah, but we're in COVID-19. Be anxious for nothing. Now, COVID-19 is tough. And certainly, our culture has been finding it tough. It uh, has really affected everybody in Canada. Listen, listen to these stats here uh, of COVID. 38% say their mental health has declined due to COVID-19. 46% feel anxious and worried. 14% are having trouble coping. 6% have had suicidal thoughts. And 2% have tried to harm themselves during COVID-19. Those are sad, sad realities reported to us by uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association. Stressful season. Without question, without, without debate. And it's affected everybody. It's affected some differently than... It's affected others. Uh, next slide. 6% uh, of the general population has been affected. 18% of people already struggling with their mental health have been affected during this COVID season. 15% of people with disability, 14% of people with low income, 16% of our good indigenous people. So COVID-19 is putting pressure on many, 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 and we don't deny that. And the stats also indicate that it's been harder for women than it's been on men. 44% uh, of women say their mental health has declined during this season. So we're confronted with a choice. We're confronted with a choice. Are we going to look at the stats and say, that's the way it is, so that's the way I'll be? Or are 
we going to go before God and say, Lord, you've got a standard here and I need you to help me get there. God's word would say to us, be anxious for nothing. And I'm not minimizing the pain. I am not minimizing the pain. But my responsibility as a spiritual leader is not to call us to <laughs> what the world says. My responsibility is to call us to what the word says. And ouch, does it hurt? Because we've got used to not using this muscle. Be anxious for nothing. So let's hear what Jesus had to say about this, in case you're saying, ah, that's the Apostle Paul. I, I only believe the red letters. Let me give you some red letters now. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. For this reason, I say to you, you do not, do not be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is it not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And he goes on and continues to say, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, I want to talk to you about Jesus and worry tonight. Jesus and worry. And the first thing Jesus says to us is that worry, worry is unnecessary. Worry is unnecessary. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 32. Listen to this verse here. The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need... Why are you worrying? Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Your heavenly Father knows. 
It's unnecessary. Verse number uh, 26. Look at the fields of the, bir the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more important than the birds? There's not an earthly father in this room if he had to make the choice between feeding the birds that come into the backyard or making sure his kids are fed will not look after the kids first. How much more will the heavenly father look after us? necessary to worry it's easy to worry it's normal to worry but it's unnecessary what else does Jesus say about worry ouch worry is prohibited Matthew 6 verse 23 do not be worried. I don't know how much clearer you get than that. Do not be worried about your life as to what you eat or what you'll drink. Do not be worried. And verse 31, same chapter. Do not worry. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? Do not worry. Hmm. Verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. What are you worried about tomorrow for? Tomorrow will look after itself. Do not worry. That's what Jesus says to us. Paul, Paul takes this teaching of his Lord and phrases it, be anxious for nothing. Do not worry. At the neighborhood church, we have a high regard for Scripture. We have a high regard for Scripture. And because Scripture says we need to believe and be baptized, we understand that's how we enter into our kingdom commitments, our relationship with Christ. We believe and then we get baptized. November is baptism month. If you haven't been baptized, this is what God's Word calls us to. Be baptized. In this chapter of Scripture, Jesus is saying to us, do not worry. So we don't debate that. We say, hmm, that's the standard. I'm going to work on my muscle and get there to the place where I'm not shaking something terrible when a difficult circumstance comes up. I'm going to build my spiritual muscle so I do not 
glory. What else does Jesus have to say here? He says worry is futile. Worry is futile. Matthew uh, chapter 6 and verse number 27. Who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? Doesn't accomplish anything. Kind of like sitting in a rocking chair. You're doing something, but you're going nowhere. It's futile. It doesn't, doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't take you anywhere. Try it at work for a couple of weeks. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sitting here in the rocking chair. Now, what are you doing? Oh, I'm sitting there in the rocking chair. At some point, your boss is going to come in and tell you that's futile, it's taking you nowhere, it's not helping anybody, and at some point, he'll bring you a pink slip of paper that accomplishes nothing. It's futile to worry. There's no benefit to it. Do not worry. What else does Jesus have to say about worry. He says it's worldly. Worry is worldly. Verse number 27, Matthew chapter 6. That's what the Gentiles do. Seek after all those things. Worry about getting this and getting that. That's what the Gentiles do. But what do we do? We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and absolute confidence that God is going to look after us. We're not of this world. We're in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. That's where we live. That's where we move. That's where we we have our being. Jesus and worry, point number five. Worry is rooted in living in the wrong time zone. Worry is rooted in living in the wrong time zone. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 34. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Get in the right time zone, my friends. Stop worrying about what can happen next Wednesday or next Saturday or in 2021 if COVID's not gone away or in 2060 when you're old and can't do this anymore. Stop worrying about all that stuff and Forget about what's happened in the past. Confess it to God if there's stuff in there you regret and leave it there and get living in the right time zone. And the right time zone zone for believers is now, today. Got to get living in the right time zone. And so when your mind starts going all over the place... You need to reel your mind in and get thinking about right now. 
You need to ask yourself, what am I supposed to be doing right now? How should I be responding right now? What am I supposed to do today? Get living in the right time zone. Dr. Tamar Chansky says, and I like this, reel yourself back to the present. Get back in the right time zone. Get back to right now and figure out if you're feeling safe right now and get doing what you need to do right now. And then Jesus says, are, are, is this hurting yet? Jesus says, number six, worry shows a lack of faith. Matthew chapter 6 and in verse number 30. If God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. When anxiety takes over, Faith leaves your heart and fear begins to rule and reign. We have to develop this spiritual muscle that keeps our hearts settled and set upon him. A doctor at uh, John Hopkins Hospital University said that uh, they don't know why fear is so hard on our bodies, why anxiety causes so much dysfunction physically for us. Dr. E. Stanley Jones, who is a pastor, uh, said, I think I know why our body gets so upset when we become anxious and doesn't respond well. He said, this is Dr. Stanley Jones's position, he says it's because God never created our bodies to handle fear. We're meant to be people of faith and confidence and relationship with him. Amen. And when we start to move <laughs> in fear, we're moving out of what we've been designed to be able to handle, what our body's been built for. We need to have faith and confidence in him. And yet we worry so easy. I've got no job. Ouch. I've got a job. What do I do now? How am I going to keep this job? I've got no money. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills at the end of the month. I've got money. I hope I can handle the money well. <laughs> We just find it so easy to go to the... I'm sick. I wonder what I got. 
I think it's bad this time. Been a good life, but I'm on my way out, I can tell. And then when we're not sick, oh. My dad died in his 50s, and I'm going to be 50 uh, four years from now. I wonder if I can make it as long as he made it. And it takes over. We've got this, outside of Christ, a natural inclination to worry. One guy said to me, he's worried about so much that if I gave him something else to worry about, he'd have to put it on a list and get to it in two weeks. I mean, we're just inclined to worry. But the truth of the matter is, it's practical atheism. It's practical atheism. It's denying that God's got it for you. Oswald Chambers said something even stronger. He said, it's unconscious blasphemy. Oh, we've got a challenge ahead of us this week, don't we? Be anxious for nothing. Unless you have an exam. No, be anxious for nothing. First Peter 5 and verse number 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What do we do with our anxiety? We cast it upon him. We let him carry us. Got a picture here of one of my grandsons on my shoulder. I was looking for a picture because I know there's one out there, but I couldn't find it today of uh, me carrying his dad on my shoulders just like that too. You know why I'm carrying this little guy? Because he said, Grandpa, I'm tired. And sometimes life is exhausting and sometimes life is hard. But I want you to know, no matter what you are going through, you don't need to worry. Because the Heavenly Father is more than willing to pick you up and carry you on his shoulders. I love the Amplified Version. Amplified classic version on this. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. 
for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. God cares for you. He really, really does. He's a heavenly Father who loves you with a deep, unchanging affection. And that never changes no matter how much your circumstances change. Learn to give it all to Jesus. You heard the phrase cash and carry? Probably have. I want you to stand now. And I want you to get this phrase in your heart tonight. And I want you to get this phrase in your heart for the week. It's not cash and carry. What we do as Christians is we make a decision to carry or cast. Cast or carry. Cast or carry. When anxiety comes, when circumstances come, friends, <laughs> you can carry it. For one, it's futile. Won't do you any good. Really is futile. It's useless. You can carry it if you want. Or you can develop the spiritual muscle that any time difficulty, difficult challenges, stressful moments come, you just cast it on Jesus. It's your choice. <laughs> carry it around. Or yours, Jesus. Friends, this is unnecessary. Oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. You can just whoop. Some of you are feeling a little distressed even tonight and anxious. Some of you found this message creating anxiety for you. You know what you need to do? Can you get a hand free right now? Can you get a free hand? You need to go like this. Just do it. Well, that's good. I like the sound effects from the platform. Don't carry it. Cast it. Don't carry it. Cast it. Don't carry it. Cast it. Casting all your anxiety upon him, for he cares for you. <laughs> That's the challenge this week. Friends, we can do it. Together we can do it. Together we can be known as a church that rejoices in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We are going to be the happiest people in Saskatoon and Martinsville. And, and, and we're going, to people who, we're going to be the people who show gentle graciousness when other people are getting all riled up. Because we're going to develop that spiritual muscle. And we're going to develop the spiritual muscle 
that comes from casting all of our cares upon him. Mark my words, the worship band begins to lead us. He cares for you. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.